Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Today, we're talking about the internet. The interwebs? Yes. And I feel like you and I have already told the story of our... Because uh, we came from small towns and the internet was uh, slow at best. Yes. I had a 30-minute time period where that was the only... Uh, we split it up between me and my siblings. We only had 30 minutes each. We did have a computer room like Bridget mentioned in her recent episode, where you right. couldn't have the drinks or the food. Like, there's a big sign in all caps. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, those, like, early experiences of just waiting so long for these web pages to load. I guess this isn't necessarily related to the internet, but since we've already told those stories, do you remember when you first bought, like, the computer in the house? Oh, see, I did not have internet growing up. So mm -hmm. I would travel to my friends' houses or stay at a library. So there was no internet until I left for college and I was the last kid uh, in the house. So we didn't have it. I think I stayed, yeah, I stayed over at my aunt's one night to do a full report because she had it. And But she was in town as where we were in the outskirts of town. Like, this is why yeah. I still say I'm going into town. <laughs> when I actually live in a town. Like, it's a part of my vocabulary, my, like, speech, because right. that was a literal thing for me. Uh -huh. People made fun of me when I went to college, and I would say that. They're like, what? <laughs> but, so, I don't know, because I was trying to think, right before you asked me this, how did my parents get that computer? Where did that come from when I came home from college? Because uh, I think I've told the story where I was on the webs after mm -hmm. I'd come home from college one summer, the only summer I did this. And our house got struck by lightning, and mm -hmm. I happened to be on the computer, and that's when everything burned. 
Oh, yeah. So to me, that was the one and only time I think I used the computer there. It's a cursed computer, <laughs> it sounds like. And now I'm thinking back, I was like, I don't know where. Did they buy this? Was it given to them? I'm actually very surprised they had one even after we left. Because mm-hmm. to this day, I think, I don't know if my mother has an email address. I'm sure she does. But I'm not uh-huh. sure. And the only reason my father had an email address was because he had to have it for work. Wow. Right? Wow. What about you? I know I'm still going to be, I'm going to be thinking about this for a while now. <laughs> well, I, I would like to put in here too, I have some friends who are, you know, still in Dahlonega where I grew up or, or other small towns that still have like the one computer room in the house where you go right. and it's like this old desktop. <laughs> and... I have many fond memories of my grandparents' house because uh, they had a nicer computer than we did. But it was in a computer room and I would play that, like, what was it? Johnny Skater game and the mousetrap game. Oh, good times. I don't even know what those are. Oh, me either. I can barely remember, but they were fun. I remember Minesweep. Minesweep? In Solitaire. And there was this detective game that to this day, I wish I could remember what that was because I love solving mysteries. But... My family, I think it was 1998, we went to a store and I I so hope that this brings back nostalgic memories for some and then really confuses younger listeners. It was like buying a car. Like imagine you go in, there's a lot of desktop, like big bulky desktops. They're not on (laughs) desk either. They're sitting on the floor on carpets. Mm -hmm. And the salesperson comes out and walks you around and will be like, this is the Gateway 1998. It comes with this mug and it powers oh, up at this... That's what we got. We got yes, a Gateway. Yes, <laughs> the Gateway. Yes. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I've ever owned a brand new computer or oh, a really? laptop because my brother for a little while got into his own little uh, restoring business mm-hmm. for laptops and he would just refurbish and he would just give it to me. I'm like, cool. And then after that, I would work and they would just provide you and currently right. using our work computer work right. laptop. So mm-hmm. I just bought a Chromebook, but I don't know if I've used it more than three times. <laughs> but Gateway, oh my God. Yeah, it came with the mug and a, a cow print mouse pad. Yes, yes, a cow print. Yes. Wow, memory, y'all. <laughs> yes. It, I'm feeling but, very old for those who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, it was, a, it was a wild experience, but it was. I remember being so excited and thinking like, this whole world is going to open for me. (laughs) This whole world. Yes. Brand new world. (laughs) It was. Agreed. I guess that's a segue into what we're talking about today, (laughs) which is more about the internet. Um, Yes, true. Yes. So today we're talking about the internet gender gap. So the internet is incredibly important to modern life from access to education to increasingly daily functions like paying bills, banking, Booking appointments, including vaccine appointments, as Samantha and I were just discussing. Yes. Telemedicine appointments, keeping up with others, staying informed, protesting, and of course, entertainment. If I, as I've often said, and I know people hate hearing this, but I feel like I've handled the pandemic pretty well. But if I didn't have the internet, it would be a very, very different story. I I really do wonder what would have happened. Well, obviously, working from home would have been impossible. Right. And Mm -hmm. so people would be in such disarray. Had it not been for this type of technology, we would be like seriously screwed. Yes. But also, this is also why we need to talk about 
this gap in general, like mm-hmm. why we continue to harp on the fact that accessibility is so, so important and the lack of it, how it is damaging mm-hmm. and crippling for a lot of people and families. Oh, absolutely. And yes, uh, access to the internet is critical in a lot of business arenas too and allows for entrepreneurs to start businesses, sell products, find jobs, and improve professional skills. Over 90% of the world's jobs involve a digital component, and some estimates indicate that 60% of all global GDP will be digitized by 2022. Um, and I know, like, I, I can't remember the number, but it was a very big number of financial transactions happen online now and things like rent and and Venmo just being huge in that space. And for those living in areas with laws or social taboos around women working, Instagram businesses can still sometimes be a possibility. Uh, Thousands of women have done just that in Saudi Arabia. Right. And we've really seen the importance of it throughout this pandemic, as we were just saying, which has also highlighted, again, how in many ways it is a privilege, whether it's based on where you live, your income or down gender and racial lines is not equally accessible to everyone, as we were saying. And that's not even getting into the speed of the Internet, Internet speed, which, by the way, is hilarious because even if you have all the money in the world, you might not be able to control that. (laughs) I know. In the story. Uh-huh. Or internet harassment, which um, has been a big thing going on on Twitter, especially for women journalists right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll probably come back and talk about that later on. And online dangers that silence women. Yep. And some reports show that one in five girls leave or significantly reduce their social media presence due to harassment, which I think every single time I've seen someone say, I have to leave social media, it's pretty much been women, like from my feed. Yeah. Almost right? always. Or it's very rarely a dude who's leaving because his wife was such, or or his whoever he's attached to that is a woman. Right. It was the target. And therefore, it kind of spilled over to him. Every now and again, because he is the harasser who's getting, quote unquote, canceled. Right. Yeah. But we're not going to go into that too much right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in the words of the World Wide Web Foundation, quote, women around the world report being bombarded by a culture of misogyny online, including aggressive, often sexualized hate speech, direct threats of violence, harassment, and revenge porn involving use of personal slash private information for defamation. And they are also five times less likely to pursue a career in tech, as we've talked about previously. And Facebook, Google, and Apple all have less than 25% of women on staff as of 2017, which, of course, is not helping when they continue to gaslight their female employees. Yes. And and we've talked about how a lot of women have said, again, this whole thing, this like aggressive, toxic environment is a part of why they don't go into it or can't stay in it. Right. Some experts actually speculate that because there are less women online and in tech, it fosters an online environment that allows for more harassment and toxic behavior online, thus bullying more women into silence. So very vicious cycle, which makes sense. And, and that goes back to the biases in coding, right? Who's making the code? Right. Who's making these programs? If you don't have women or marginalized people in the room making them, then of course they're being overlooked and th- those problems will continue. And limiting access to the internet or cyberstalking are forms of abuse women and girls deal with too, not to mention, yes, revenge porn and highly sexualized deep fakes, which is the thing that terrifies me and is getting the technology is getting better all the time. It it's getting creepier out. for sure. Yep. And in countries where open discussion of women's sexual health and issues might be limited, the internet is a huge help there, or it can be. 
Right. So as of 2020, uh, we missed the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals of achieving universal affordable internet access worldwide. Mm. And reports show that at the current rate, that won't be achieved until 2043. Yeah. I'm probably going to be dead by then. Oh, <laughs> An estimated 2 billion girls and women don't have access. The UN has set a new goal uh, on their 2030 agenda for sustainable development, ensuring the, quote, use of enabling technology, in particular ICTs or internet communications technology, to promote the empowerment of women. Yeah, so let's run some numbers and caveat before we do. The numbers can vary really widely, and that is based on how people calculate and report. And we'll try to point out those instances in there. But if if we're going through some numbers, you're like, wait, that doesn't really match up with that other number. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we know. You're not wrong. There's some confusion around it. (laughs) So around half of the world is still offline. Since the internet became more widespread amongst the public in the 90s, there has been a persistent gender gap in users. Women's access to the internet is higher than men's in only 8% of countries, and gender equality exists in only 25% of countries everywhere else. Men have more access. A 2000 study found that, quote, two statistically significant gender gaps exist on the internet in access and in use, and that around, quote, one half of the digital divide between men and women on the internet is fundamentally gender related. And the social construction of technology theory suggests you can't not think about gender when you discuss technology because technology models after those who and the society that made it. From the paper, Gendered Space, the Digital Divide Between Male and Female Users in Internet Public Access Sites, quote, technology enables changes in society, so technology plays a role in the construction of gender by creating new possibilities of how gender roles might be performed in a new area. So another study found that financial independence and internet access are correlated. Surprise, surprise. Women statistically have more control over family decisions and invest 10 times more of their earnings than men do. So a 2002 study found that there were no gender significant gender differences in how men and women use the internet. Really? Even with porn? (laughs) I think it was more talking about... um... Okay, so apparently there was this assumption that men were more comfortable with it and it made women anxious and they just used oh, it for interpersonal okay. connection. So they thought that like men were way more technical about it and women were like way too scared to use it. Oh, okay, okay. So yes. in that realm, because I'm like, I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. <laughs> I feel like when it comes to who accesses porn, statistically, it's men, right? I mean, women still like, yeah. access it, but most yeah. likely... And when you break it down in those ways of like, yes, women... Well, I haven't looked at the the numbers recently, but like do use interpersonal connection way like uh, Pinterest and Twitter and, and things like that more than men. So yeah. there are those differences, but I think it was more looking into like women only used it for that and nothing else. Like porn, I guess you could put into, as some people would argue health, but entertainment. And, you know, right. women watch entertainment or right. things for health. Like, right. it was more like <laughs> attitudes towards it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yes. So another study did find that video games, which I was going to talk about too, helped acclimate people to technology. And since this has been traditionally a boys arena, quote unquote, boys and men had an advantage. But recent numbers are saying that that is changing. Yes. And we love it. And we're probably <laughs> going to talk about it later. But yeah, uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> In the words of Samantha McVeigh. <laughs> um, 
From the OECD report, bridgeting the digital gender divide include upskill, innovate. Quote, while 86% of sellers on Etsy are women, there are proportionally fewer female sellers in traditional shops for home furnishing and household appliances. Furthermore, with 67 female hosts on Airbnb, there are more female hosts on home sharing services as such as Airbnb than there are women employed in the tourism industry. Higher female employment rates can also be found in the ride-sharing economy. The ride-sharing economy has more female chauffeurs than there are female taxi drivers. Transport services as Uber show a higher female employment rate for freelancer individual workers than comparable transport services. In the United States, the proportion of female drivers is higher for Uber, 14%, than for traditional taxis, 8%. Working part-time or flexible schedules because of a family education or health reason are the main reasons for female drivers, 42%, as compared to 26% in the case of men. Now, that is a whole separate conversation that we should revisit. I was going to say, we talked about that, right? Past hosts have talked about, um, I think, drive sharing and maybe, definitely, um, no, Pinterest wasn't a thing I talked about. Um, so it's been covered, but there are issues inherent when you're having conversations about a gig economy like this and mm -hmm. why more women are able to succeed in those spaces or, you know, succeed, I guess you can argue as well why that's happening and if it's good. But the point is being connected to the internet opens job opportunities for women. Right. I remember having, when I used to mm -hmm. ride Ubers and other ride chairs, because that, that has not happened in the past year. No. But I remember specifically when we were going to Dragon Con, which mm -hmm. hopefully it'll come back, a, a woman who had picked us up and um, taken us back home, she was talking about how this was her full-time gig because she was able to work within the system to make it profitable for her. Because right. we also know that Uber, for all it is, all the intent behind it was meant for a part-time extra money thing. Right which is also why they didn't want to treat them as employees and treat them as contractors, which is mm -hmm. not going to happen anymore. <laughs> but that was that whole level. But also it took away money yeah. and made, you know, Uber, the company, billionaire companies sure. while leaving uh, individual drivers in the lurch and oftentimes holding bags, owing money back because yeah. of certain markets that they had to hit or certain, certain points that they had to hit in order to earn money. But she was really good at making sure that she could work that system to, right. to, for her advantage. But she definitely talked about how it took her a, a few months to get there, but now mm -hmm. she loves it. Yeah. Of course, I'm, I'm sure if I talked to her again, that would have changed. But it was interesting how she was plotting it and how she had yeah. to be so methodical to do so. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting after, as we come out of this pandemic, as we talked about how perhaps this might have pressured companies or shown companies that you can offer flexible and work from home schedules, which I think is one of the real pluses of something for women, especially in the gig economy. So we'll see how that shakes out. But certainly that is uh, a high point, I think, for people who work in those industries. And we do have even more numbers for you. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yeah, so a 2020 study found four key categories preventing the gender internet gap from closing. Access to handsets, internet connectivity, infrastructure, and literacy and data availability, which should not be surprising. They broke that down by category and identified specific reasons for each. For instance, there are stereotypes in countries like India around women's cell phone usage that it denotes a promiscuous and or unfaithful woman. I'm sorry, I did not mean to laugh at that, but... Wow. <laughs> or if a woman lives in certain rural areas where she can't get a signal, she may not be allowed to leave her home without an escort, if at all. Also, there's an element of time. If women are expected to handle the caretaking, they may not have time to go somewhere to charge up or get more money on their phone. And if that's something they don't have easy access to, well, there you go. Yeah, this was a real wake-up call for me, a, a very like privileged wake-up call. But when I lived in the middle of nowhere in Australia... There was no signal. And like, right. if you wanted to, you had to use this like landline phone that only worked at certain times and it was for the whole like area. So there was hundreds of people with this one phone and it might not even work. And then you had to dial in like a 10 digit number and then the area code of the country you're trying to reach and then that number. And if you mm -hmm. missed up one of the numbers, like too bad, so sad because <laughs> only 15 minutes per person. And then like when I finally... I got closer to civilization, in quotes, where there was more populated. I had a cell phone, but 
it was an old cell phone and I had to put like credits on it, you know, and it, yeah. it had to charge it up at like internet cafes and it barely worked. Like it didn't right. get good signal. And that's why, like, I know I've told bits and pieces of this story before, but I got stuck in Australia for a while. And I got back to, it was like a 78-hour trip to get back to San Francisco, I think. And I had no money. And I couldn't get my phone to charge. And I just cried. Because I couldn't contact my parents to be like, I'm home. I finally made it. But just things like that, I think. Uh, if you live in a society like Samantha and I do, you can forget. And I mean, even in the U.S., but like... <laughs> right. I mean, even like just the smallest inconvenience is so irritating. But oh, to have man. to like on a daily basis be controlled in that manner is a whole different story. Yeah. And, and speaking of these public spaces, men use public spaces more than women by about 10% um, where they might access technology. And even so, there's a hierarchy of comfort that has been documented. It just makes sense to me. But people are more comfortable accessing the internet in their own home. And then there's like three other things and then the library is last. Or like public spaces is last. There was one exception though. As per that previously mentioned gendered spaces study, quote, the observations conducted for the study showed that men consistently outnumbered women in computer usage in public access sites such as community technology centers and libraries both in 1999 and 2009. This pattern was consistent even when taking into account ethnicity and age. The only exception was among African-American adolescents. Black female teens used public access sites computers more often than black male teens. A study that analyzes this at length concluded that African-American teenage men saw the library as a place that was not for them, as opposed to African-American teenage women who saw it as a comfortable space. Which I just find interesting because we have talked so much about, like, uh, the power of, of black women in terms of, of like, creating technology and in technology spaces. I just find that interesting. So does that mean some of the ideas that the library is a more feminine space? I would imagine that if I had to put it in, you know, being in my own just gender biases that I don't know I've picked up, I would put the library in more of a feminine space. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, there's also, I would argue, clearly, like maybe a race aspect to that as well. Right. Of just not feeling safe in a public space. That's interesting. So, but countries that have a large internet gap also have a gap in mobile phone usage, which I feel like, yes, which makes sense. Because mobile phones are the most common way of accessing the internet. Two million less women than men own a mobile phone. And 327 million fewer women than men have a smartphone. That's a giant number. As of now, 97% of the world's population lives within reach of cell signals. And as of 2017, 80% of the population owned a phone. And this gap that we're talking about, the the internet gender gap, has a huge economic impact. According to the ITU, if 600 million more women and girls got access to the internet, and remember, that's not even all of them, it could translate to a boost of global gross domestic product somewhere between 13 to $18 billion over the next three years. The McKinsey Institute estimates that by removing obstacles for women achieving parity, so if I'm understanding this correctly, they're talking about like, all obstacles, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but that would translate to a global GDP growth of $28 trillion over a 10-year period. Wow. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Numbers from 2019 suggest that the percentage of women using the internet was 48% compared to 58% of men. That means relatively, the gender internet gap is 17%. Others estimate that the number is closer to 21%. I even saw 25%. Again, it depends on how you calculate it. And it does vary pretty widely if you narrow it down to by country. For instance, in uh, North America and Europe, the gap is more or less zero. If we look at Asia, the Pacific, uh, Africa, and the Middle East, the gap is often not only substantial, but also growing since 2013, when more and more users have gotten access to the internet, and a good chunk of those users are men. Some of the highest gaps when using women as the reference group are Sub-Saharan Africa at 43% and South Asia at 137%. And again, varies based on methodology. So you can get different numbers depending on where you look. Some groups of women are even more significantly impacted like the elderly, refugees, people who live in rural areas, and people with disabilities. And don't forget, not everyone has electricity. Sometimes getting proof of identity to open an account is an issue too, as our laws against women owning property or making money. Yes, cost is a big barrier in this whole thing as well. Because women in many areas have less access to money, they might be forced to get poor quality devices with less connectivity if it's something they can afford at all. All right, so that was a lot of numbers. So many numbers. <laughs> yes, let's look at some potential solutions. But first, let's pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. 
Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So yeah, let's talk about solutions. Maybe. Since (laughs) most people use mobile phones to access the internet, bridging the mobile phone gap could be one way of addressing this problem. And another issue tied up with this one is the fact that for a good percentage of the world's population, school is where they're introduced to technology. And as long as girls don't have equal access to schooling, it's going to be a pretty big factor to this problem. Literacy rates obviously also play into this. Yes. Some organizations have launched initiatives to lessen the gender gap on the internet, including Equals Partnership and their collaboration with United Nations University, or UNU, to bring together the public and private sectors to get more women and girls online. They created this really cool gender digital inclusion map that you can use to navigate to get information about this based on location. Equals also has pushed for further research more data, always good. And with the UNU has formed a group of 29 academic partners to collect more data about this issue. The World Bank and CES have partnered to form the Global Tech Challenge Solutions for Women as well. And similarly, there's the African Girls Can Code Initiative, AGCCI, an initiative of ITU, UN Women, and the African Union Commission dedicated to providing girls and women with digital tools and skills. The Broadband Commission for Sustainable Development's Working Group on the Digital Gender Divide has released a number of recommendations as well, and several countries have launched initiatives to combat this problem. Yay! In general, more gender-focused data is needed. Let's just, yes, obviously, we always need more. (laughs) Increasing awareness around issues and benefits of getting more women online is a very important step in this whole thing as well. Mm -hmm. And then curbing online abuse and putting in place structures of reporting and prevention, also very important. Addressing toxic work environments in tech, getting more women in tech. There are programs dedicated to distributing phones to women experiencing domestic abuse as well. Online or video upskilling classes to increase user confidence because that actually, that actually, uh, it's a it's a bigger problem than you might imagine, especially if you did grow up with technology. And we were just talking about this when it comes to the vaccine and older people not feeling confident in the internet. That really can keep you away from like learning more or using it. Yeah. So offering education opportunities, addressing systemic education issues and inequalities in childcare and domestic work, equal pay, equal, oh. fu- yeah, I know, <laughs> equal funding to women-owned startups. Right. So also improve internet literacy. That means it could help with the issues of, oh, I don't know, grooming sex trafficking, harassment, and technophobia. So instead of going online and ranting about conspiracy theories, actually teaching mm-hmm. yeah. on what could be yeah. a bad moment for a child and or what could be misinformation, disinformation. Yes. Go listen to our friend Bridget Todd's show. <laughs> that might help you. Yes. Surprise, surprise. And then looking into and evaluating social media or data taxes that some countries have and the cost of the data in general, right? So when we talk about the fact that people are having to pay by minute or pay by certain small amounts because they can't afford an actual plan, which are ridiculous. And we know capitalism is not the best, especially in the marketing like in the U.S., where it's owned by pretty much just two big companies. Right. 
So, hmm. And then ask women and other marginalized groups to be involved in these conversations. Surprise! (laughs) Gotta put it in there. Feels like it's obvious, but gotta put it in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it seems uh, a lot of this, because the UN did have that goal that, yes, was missed last year, but there's a lot of things being written about this now and a lot of organizations and uh, initiatives around this whole thing. So if you want to learn more, there is a lot out there for you. There are a lot of resources for you. So go check those out. And yeah, all of this has been (laughs) exacerbated by COVID. And just, yeah, think about it. How many things are you trying to do digitally now to protect yourself and your family or to make money, yes, for like working from home or right. get, going to the doctor online, all those things, school right. online. And this pandemic has really shown <laughs> the importance of it and also our dependence on it in a lot of cases. Right. I think it has also shown like what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. For and sure. school, you, we can talk about what? No, I was just laughing at the. Did you see that article about how Zoom activates your fight or flight? <laughs> Does it really? That makes so much sense to me. Yeah, a new article just came out that said having your like coworker's face, Samantha, in such like close encounter where you can't like get away activates right. your fight or flight. Right. Uh, it makes me a little more. Um, attention deficit like where I have to if, especially if there's a meeting with which we have which over 50 people oh, and yeah. I start flicking through like who's here who's that and I no longer pay attention to the meeting yeah. I do that too I'm just like pages through like what's right. in people's backgrounds what's going right. on <laughs> but I mean just kind of talking about the expectations we lay on kids so if yeah. we're having that hard of time paying attention mm-hmm. how are these kids doing this and then the amount of fails yeah. Can we talk about that? Like, my partner put on a whole YouTube video of people doing stupid on Zoom or saying stupid on Zoom and being called out, and I couldn't handle it. I had to walk out. I'm like, I, I hate this. This is the yeah. worst thing in the world because, oh my God, it's so cringy. It is so cringy. How many people have seen people in their underwear that they would have never seen <laughs> had it not been from this? I, and yeah. on accident. We're not going to talk about the really harassment, but like, the accidents that have happened and you're mortified for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a coward. I'm a video conference coward because I, oh, I'll panic. I'll be like, it says connect with computer audio and there's 100 people on. And I'm like, will it connect on mute? Will right. it be? And it's not like I even have sounds happening. Right. <laughs> you're in complete silence holding your breath and then you're like, mute! <laughs> but yeah, I think this is an interesting thing that COVID and the pandemic and quarantine has shown us a lot and it has shown a giant gap yeah. in the privileges. So that's also important that we make note of it. And hopefully it will be something that we can have a solution for. Although it took to the end, almost towards the end of this year, last year for uh, internet companies like Comcast to be like, well, okay, we'll increase speed for those who need it. Like, really? Yeah. Really? And they were tossing around like data caps because they knew we're all at home. Well, not all of us, but a lot of us are at home. Right, and they still are. They're still talking about doing data caps at this point because they were like, well, we can make more money and there's only two of us. Yep. Let's do this together, (sighs) y'all. Yep. But yes, this lack of access worsens systemic gaps that already exist. And we're missing out on all these things that these women and girls without the internet have to offer. So, and I don't like that. 
I don't like it either. You know what? The, this is one of the big things that though people are doing things on the ground and because people may not be sharing it on the internet, that we're having a hard time and missing out on all these amazing people doing amazing works. I've just talked about the frustration of trying to find some amazing people who I get a small blip of, but Mm -hmm. I want to know more. And they need to be highlighted because they're doing amazing works and it should be highlighted. Yeah. So that the world sees instead of just the small community. Absolutely, yes. Well, on that note... (laughs) We would love to hear from you listeners. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.